This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Attitude and spiritualness make a difference. You know, I, I talk that talk, I walk that walk. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 84 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and happy new year. This is the first episode of the new year for the Colon Cancer Podcast and being a new year, personally, I've got much to reflect on and a lot to be excited about looking ahead to 2018. A lot of uh, milestone events coming up. First thing that comes to my mind is in March, I will be celebrating my seventh cancerversary, if you will. That date that I heard those three words that many of you know all too well. And uh, it's certainly one worth celebrating when you're stage four to get to a, a seven year milestone. In next month, on February 24th, we will be celebrating the third anniversary of the Colon Cancer Podcast. It will be three years since we launched the very first episode, episode one, where I shared my story of my journey. And later on this year, I haven't calculated the date, but if we're at episode 84 now, and I put out an episode every other week... Somewhere near the fall, we will be celebrating our 100th episode. So a lot to lot to think about. In addition, as we flip the page to a new year, I made the decision to branch out and uh, make uh, some new connections and uh, create some new opportunities for the Colon Cancer Podcast. And I want to take a minute to thank two very special people who I have so much respect and admiration for, for the work that they're doing. And they've welcomed me and, uh, and have seen the possibilities of how the colon cancer podcast can expand its reach of connecting with more people, sharing more stories of hope, information, and inspiration those two people are Sarah DeBoard with the Colon Cancer Foundation and Michael Sola with Fight CRC. So I wanted to take this public platform, this opportunity on this public platform to just thank them and tell them how much I respect them and appreciate their friendship. Along those lines, there are two exciting events taking place one that I'm confirmed to participate in and one that I hope to be able to participate in and be able to take the Colon Cancer Podcast on the road at both of these events. And the first one coming up is with the team from Fight CRC, and that's the annual Call on Congress. This is an event that I've admired from afar, and I'm beyond excited to, for the very first time, participate in. It's coming up from March 18th through the 20th in Washington, D.C., 
And for those of you that are not familiar with Call on Congress, it's a three-day event where colon and rectal cancer survivors, caregivers, and loved ones from all over the U.S. unite to make their voices heard in Washington, D.C. So I can't wait to participate in that and thank the team from Fight CRC for welcoming me and inviting me to participate in that event. Another exciting event that's taking place the following month in April, and this is through the Colon Cancer Challenge Organization in partnership with Northwell Health, is an early age onset colorectal cancer summit, which is taking place on April 26th and 27th in New York City. This is jointly provided by the Colon Cancer Challenge Foundation and Northwell Health, as I mentioned. You can get more information on the event at coloncancerchallenge.org. But the event, there's, there's three goals that are trying to be achieved at this summit. And the first is to review the increasing incidence, epidemiology, diagnosis, and treatment of young adults with colorectal cancer. We know this is a huge, huge issue that we're trying to figure out and get to the bottom of. The second is to discuss the current state of knowledge on the optimal standards of care and support for the young adult colorectal cancer patient. And thirdly, to provide an evidence-based framework for reducing risk, increasing early stage diagnosis, and improving treatment and quality of life for these patients. So that's an event that I hope to be a part of. More information, again, can be found on the coloncancerchallenge.org website. So again, just really excited about uh, the possibilities for 2018. The third thing that I'm particularly excited about is I will be attending for my third time uh, the annual podfest.us podfest uh, podcast excuse me podcast conference taking place in Orlando, Florida where there will be podcasters and people interested in podcasting attending from across the world I'll be having the opportunity to MC a number of breakout presentations connect with some friends that I haven't seen in quite some time and hopefully line up some new guests for the show. One of the things that I was able to accomplish coming out of last year's PodFest uh, conference was uh, meeting some new folks who provided uh, some support and some resources for colon cancer patients. Not something I was expecting going to the podcast conference, but I met some great people. One was Bruce Langford, and Bruce hosts a podcast called Mindfulness Moment. And Bruce came on the show. If you want to check out that episode, you can revisit it at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash 066. And Bruce talked about how you can use mindfulness to help ease the stress and anxiety of your colorectal cancer experience through treatment and post-treatment. It was extremely helpful. The other person I met who was absolutely terrific was a woman by the name of Shell Hamilton. Shell spells her name C-H-E-L. And she hosts one of the most popular podcasts out there. Uh, and her specialty is uh, easing anxiety. Shell uh, has a very successful practice focusing on hypnosis, but the focus of our conversation was 
tips and tricks and steps you can take, especially when you're dealing with scanxiety, something we all deal with. We go to get any kind of diagnostic tests and the anxiety around those tests, and particularly around waiting for the results. And Shell gave some very helpful tips to help you get through that that time and and uh, you know really pull back on that anxiety that so many of us experience. So if you'd like to go back and revisit my conversation with Shell, that can be found at the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash zero six eight. So I'm really excited to reconnect with Bruce and Shell and make some new acquaintances at podfest.us. My guest this week is Carrie Amoroso. I found Carrie, actually, I should change that. Carrie found me. I put out on Twitter, and I've mentioned it here on the show, that we're always looking for great guests. And if you or you know someone who has an interesting and inspiring story who you think would make a great guest on the show, do what Carrie did and go to the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash guest and submit their information and tell us a little bit about their story and they could be a guest on the show. And that's what Carrie did. And one of the questions that I asked on that uh, email submission is, why do you think this person would be a good guest? Carrie's answer to me was, why not? So I could immediately tell she had a sense of humor like, I did. And I reached out to Carrie and within talking to her after just 30 seconds, I knew she'd be uh, a, a lot of fun to have on the show and really inspiring story. She took the same approach that I did to help her get through the stresses of her diagnosis and treatment. And we just really clicked. So I think you will really enjoy this conversation. Join me now for that conversation with Carrie Amoroso. Carrie, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm fabulous. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You know, it's not that often that I have people just on a whim reach out and say, I want to be on your show. And uh, and I got a kick. I know I'm paraphrasing, but in one of the questions that I ask is, uh, why is the person that you're recommending, why do you think they'd be a good guest? And I believe your answer was, why not? <laughs> and I <laughs> and I just from that answer I said I like her. <laughs> I like I like that attitude and I, and I like your approach. So well, and I I appreciate the invitation and I you know saw your invitation on Twitter one day and I again why not you know and I um it has been about eight eight and a half years so I thought yeah I'd, I'd love to share other story you know my story and and talk to others about uh, the experience. So it's been. Eight and a half years since you were first diagnosed? Correct. Yes. Uh, May, uh, age of 2009. May, uh, May. Okay. So you're pretty close to coming up on your nine year cancerversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just looking back at uh, my journals and January this week of 2010 was my last dose of chemo. And so I was done. Good for you. So I was on the, the new normal. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my seven-year cancerversary is coming up in March. So, uh, so, there's two, so there's two clubs. That's the club we all want to be in. Uh, but initially, we all became you and I became members of a club that nobody wants to be a part of. So, tell us uh, your story of of how that all came to be. I, it was 
May of 2009. Well, let me go back to that. I'll say early 2009. I might have noticed that there were some uh, changes in my bowel movements, and it could be anything. So in May, in mid-May, I uh, had uh, experienced a lot of blood and went, well, that's just not anything. <laughs> so let's get that checked out. I went to the doctor and uh, anytime you try to get into a doctor, you're not going to see the doctor right away. So I saw a nurse practitioner and, you know, God bless her because she was very proactive and she said, you're 46 years old, going on 47. This is unusual, but I want this test, this test, this test, and you're going to have a colonoscopy. And sent me to someone who they knew in their office, met this wonderful man, um, gastroenterologist, and did my colonoscopy in June. And they found a tumor-sized, tumor-sized, an orange-sized uh, tumor in my rectum um, right at the curve as it was going into the colon. Uh, and I'm a pretty positive person, I think, and, and high energy and positive and type A to begin with. But the doctor who did the um, colonoscopy, he was even more so. You know, he had this attitude of, this is doable. You're going to be fine. And I think just the combination of both of us feeding off of each other uh, really put me in the right place. And I approached all of it with a real grateful heart. And anytime I felt kind of down, I looked at it like, well, it could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. And so I think that, uh, you know, again, going into it with that positive attitude really helped me get through the next steps. I had surgery that following July. Um, and then there were other tests and things like that. Because then when I met my surgeon, again, you know, do people always fall in love with their doctors? I don't know. I know no. I did. There are people that have been listening to this uh, that are going to be jealous because not everybody's had uh, experience like this where they uh, had such quick response and such uh, positive interaction. So uh, good for you. And I think part of it was um, that I was hoping they were also feeding off of my energy too. I did not go in um, too down. You know, I wanted, I was more fascinated about the process. I really had never been sick in my life. I had never had surgery in my life, you know, relatively healthy. I've only in the, been in the hospital to have children. So blessed that 46 years, I didn't really have health issues. So to be thrust into this, this world of, of, you know, tests and scans and x-rays and this and that and doctors and surgeons and, you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to journal this. I'm going to map it all out. And I'm going to make Excel spreadsheets. And I'm going to, you know, I got obsessive compulsive with the ex not the excitement, you know, as in a as, as a real positive, but just in the maybe it was a coping mechanism, you know, in controlling things and trying to understand things. And um, and I didn't do a lot of um, internet research. Like, no, nope, I am not interested in, you know, real you know, studies and, and things like that. Maybe once I'd bump into something that I'd find interesting, but they didn't want, want to know too much about numbers and survival and all of that. I just wanted to, you know, go through my, uh, my experience with the positive energy and the support of my family and my faith. Uh, it was a big part of it. I, I, mean, I felt like, you know, God wasn't going to give me anything more than I could handle and let go and let God. This was not my 
um, this was not my problem. This was his problem. <laughs> you know? And so to give it up, I think, just released me with trying to understand the process and, and add some humor. You know, like I said, journal, uh, write poetry, make jokes, um, that type of thing. And then again, I'm sure it was part of a coping mechanism. But again, I felt so blessed. All I could think of was that it could be worse, you know, um, that someone has it um, harder than I do. You know, I, I thought of, you know, on my bad days, you know, what is the single mom who doesn't have health insurance, you know, who's got to take care of her kids? Um, you know, someone who doesn't have a job that is helping support that. You know, I had a work family that was very supportive. I have a husband and my two kids. Uh, another positive was, you know, my kids were, I think, about maybe 14 and 12 at the time. And the blessing to me is I'm glad they're not four and two and they could lose their mother. Sure. So I, I guess I, I was always looking for those little things. Um, and again, like humor and, and things like that. Uh, jokes. I'll tell you a joke later <laughs> that I made up in a poem, but things like that, that I think help. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, let me just jump pause here. Um, I'm hearing myself through you. Do you have me like on a speakerphone or something like that? You're on my laptop. Okay. Uh, so I'm coming through the speaker there. Yes. Okay. Any chance you have any earbuds like from an iPhone or anything like that? If you don't, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, and I don't hear it now. It seems just every intermittent, I like hear me through you. And I don't have them handy. Okay. Like they would be like in a car across we'll make it, the street. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Don't oh, I'm sorry. I, okay. I wish I would have thought of that. Now I don't hear it. So uh, Okay. If there's a way for you to turn my volu the volume that you hear down, that might help. Well, if I touch, a, it, if I touch a button, there could be a problem, right? <laughs> If you don't know where it is, don't sweat it. If it's just, yeah, I won't. I won't mess with it. Then we'll, 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 Sorry. We'll deal. No problem. Okay. Is there anything you want me to repeat no, or go no, back on? It all came through. That just helps me know where <laughs> where we had this. So, uh, but nonetheless, Carrie, cancer is still a scary word. It's still a scary word. So you handled it well. You had the it could be worse approach. Anybody close to you in your family not handle it as well as you did? No. Um, well, I, I take that back. Um, when I was telling people at work slowly because they knew that my schedule would change and and I was in, I was working in a fast paced newsroom environment as a newsroom manager, so I was allow, uh, around a lot of you know, high energy, uh, fast paced, you know, type of uh, atmosphere. And obviously I was going to be slowed down. I was going to change a little bit. You know, I had supportive supervisors and that would help me work through that, you know, when after a couple of doses of chemo and that type of thing. So as I slowly started telling people, I realized that um, I had to tone it down just a little bit because I realized that telling people and their experiences with cancer being so hard on some people, you know, they, they've lost people and uh, um, they would, uh, they, they would be very emotional and, and upset. Um, and I realized um, how hard it was for other people. And I had to figure out a way to tell people. And, you know, I mean, again, I, I, I probably was a little too, um, 
cavalier. That's terrible. I just, you know, I'm like, look, 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 my hair is falling out. You know, like I'm pulling my hair. Look at this. Can you believe this? You know, and that might horrify someone else, but I'm like, this is fascinating. Oh my gosh, you should see the green tattoos they put on my butt for the for the radiation. Let me tell you what they did. I had to drop my pants and I had to do this. And I came to the, the radiation machine Elphaba and show Wicked and she's powerful and magical. And, you know, I just, I had to, yeah, I, I realized that depending on who I was sharing that message with, I had to be careful sometimes because maybe I was too fascinated by the whole project. And again, I, I the other blessing is that Working in news, people die. There's tragedies and accidents all the time. What a gift that if this is, if I'm going to succumb to this, I get to be able to say goodbye. Who gets to just put their house in order and maybe clean out the hoarding I've been doing in the garage for a couple of years? You know, you know. So if I'm gone, they're like, "Oh my gosh, what was she doing?" You know, I, I just again, I felt blessed that I was able to you know, be organized, you know, that's what I like to do. So you gave that to me. I get to be organized on my way out. That's so cool. Instead of getting hit by a Mack truck, you know, I, that's how I look. It's all about perspective. Yeah. So yes, some people were emotional. Um, and I, and I just, I had to remember to take that down a notch sometimes depending on who I was speaking to and all of that. I'm sitting here listening to your story, and I'm wondering: Are you, are are you my younger sister from another mother? Because our our, our, our stories sound pretty similar, and and my approach was very similar to yours, and and the jokes, and the being able to see that it could be worse. Uh, you know, not everybody's able to do that, and and one of the things that I've learned fairly recently there's been some really thoughtful blog posts floating around the different support facebook groups and i've i've learned to be a little bit more cautious on how i talk about attitude because and i'm sure you've seen this too carrie unfortunately i've know some people who had an attitude that was equal or even more positive than mine that succumb to the disease Mm -hmm. so i'm really careful about preaching attitude as a way to quote unquote beat this and it's more about and i'm curious to hear your thoughts here that attitude helped me deal with the disease and handle it myself Uh, so i've been become very cautious about preaching attitude as the as a cure so to speak or a way to sure. to, to sure. fight off this disease because if that was the case it, we'd be we'd have sure. a lot more of our friends with us sure and and i have lost some friends and I, and i do understand uh how it you know again it's not a cure it's it's a coping mechanism it's it's the way i dealt with it and again i um and as a Christian, I'm not afraid to die. I think that's a very hard thing for some people to say. And maybe when, I mean, I've seen that, that darkness and I, and I know it. And if I get emotional, it's just because I, I, I'm so blessed. I got to say goodbye to everyone. 
that if this doesn't work out, I'm 46. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm okay. I, I can go to the other side knowing that I have a beautiful family who loves me and support system and community. And, and not only that, but I wanted to be remembered as being happy and strong. What were my kids? Again, if they were 14 and 12 and I was leaving them, what was, how are they going to remember me? And not in a, you know, a phony fake, I'm pretending I'm happy. No, I, you know, and, and they saw some, you know, hard moments. Um, and you even wonder if they even understood the gravity of it. Uh, but again, going back to, we talked about the positive experience I also had with the doctors and the surgeons. You know, every step along the way, you know, the surgeon's like, I got it. I think we're in good shape. I still want you to do the chemo. I still want you to do the radiation. So in my mind, after the surgery in July, I'm cancer-free. cancer schmancer. I mean, I'm cancer-free. Now we have to worry about, you know, the other things and, you know, coming back and the odds and this and that and the chemo and the, and the radiation and all of that. But, um, yes, I, I understand that. But I am. Um, I was ready. <laughs> How has this experience impacted your relationship with your husband? It's or, or has it? It well, it's stronger. Uh, just because when you have something so you know such a, a milestone, you know, I mean, like this, you know, it, it it's stronger. Uh, we'll celebrate uh, thirty years together. In May, congratulations! And thank you. So you know we've been through a lot together, and you know I'm sure he had some moments, probably on, on his own, some quiet moments. You know, and we did together. Uh, that you know, he did what he could to help support me. You know, again, I was also a clean freak, <laughs> so you know he made sure to help support that because you know. If she sees a cup on the counter, she's going to lose her mind, you know, whatever. You know, I wanted things to be clean. I wanted, you know, I, I set up the bedroom so that when the kids came home from school, uh, if you want to come and see me, you need to take off your school clothes. You know, I don't want germs in the house, you know, especially, I mean, during times of chemo or, you know, I felt like my, uh, you know, when the white, when you're doing your tests and you're prone to infections and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, so little things like that, that he would do that would just help you know, that I think that made a huge difference, but, you know, we have a, we have such a strong bond that, you know, and, and if anything, you know, he uh, makes a joke that we met when I was, when we were like 24 ish. And I think, uh, he came to me when I was getting two wisdom teeth pulled and I'm like, this is, he's a kid. <laughs> he was just shocked. And he goes, well, man, if you could have those two wisdom teeth, so, I mean, he's always been very complimentary of, wow, I couldn't have done that. So, you know, he's like, I guess we're going to do this. You know, I mean, he, it, he was all in. He was wonderful. And he's just a, he's my rock and, you know, my love, love of my life. That's wonderful. So clearly this positive outlook on life has been in your DNA and it's not something that, uh, that is new. But if the carry before your diagnosis were to look at the carry today, what would she notice that's the biggest change?
That is a great question. The biggest change that it reinforces my beliefs and faiths that attitude attitude and, 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 and spiritualness make a difference. You know, I, I walked, I talked that talk, I walked that walk, and now I can come out on the other side and say, yes, let go. And so the same thing with, you know, be anxious for nothing. You know, it, you, oh, I'm in traffic and I'm, you know, and I'm tense or I'm, I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that bill or I'm, you know, it's like, no, you know, again, let go, let God. I, it, it, it enforces, it reinforces my faith. It reinforces the love for my family. And I still wish I ate better. <laughs> oh, I don't eat hot dogs. I try not to eat hot dogs anymore. <laughs> I'm an, I'm a hot dog hater. Every now and then, maybe I'll have one a year, you know, one a year. But that's one of their little changes, uh, you know, or, you know, my daughter will eat a pound of bacon. I'm like, oh, my gosh, stop eating all that bacon. <laughs> so there are some diet things, too. So knowing that not everybody's wired quite the way you are, what advice would you give someone who either they or someone that they care about recently got the news of a diagnosis like this, what would be your, your advice? Well, my advice, to, my advice to a loved one would be to listen and make sure that you're picking up on some of the mood and tone, you know, know when to lean in, know when to step back. You know, it's challenging, I'm sure, to communicate, um, you know, and, and again, I've, I've had I've experienced some of that because uh, the ir- the irritability factor goes up, you know, when you're when you're coping and, and dealing with any type of medical issue. So to just be more aware of, you know, needs and, and care and all of that. And the advice for someone who who is coping with a diagnosis is you do have to take it day by day. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. So what can you do today to keep moving, you know, one step closer to getting better and walking in a light that you can feel good about yourself and love yourself. Good words of advice, Carrie. It's it, it's 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 cool when you you meet someone that looks at things the same way. Uh, it's also cool to meet people that look at things differently. So I don't want people to get the impression that uh, I'm only interested in people that are like me. But it's yeah. <laughs> it is interesting when you, uh, you you when you run across someone that has this the very similar outlook. Uh, as you do and and that's the way I feel about you so I just want you to know that and I wish uh, you you know continued good health nine nine year cancer anniversary coming up in May it's a wonderful milestone and uh, 
let's celebrate lots and lots more of those kinds of milestones. How's that sound? Wonderful. I'm there with you. I've got the champagne on ice. I'm ready. <laughs> Sounds good. Carrie, thank you again for spending time with me, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Lee. God bless. Likewise. Thank you.